Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Monday's Terrace Podcast. I'm Graham Thillis and today I am joined by Tony Anderson. Yes, Graham. How are we doing, mate? You all right? I'm good. Uh, I'm trying to figure out how long we could potentially waffle about our lives before we need to delve into this week's Premiership action. <laughs> yeah. Because as as, as, you, as as the dear listeners know, Tony, we, we, we try and do our very best to, to put a positive light on things and a positive spin on things and highlight the, the very best of Scottish football. Uh, from time to time, bro, sometimes they're just stinkers. Some weeks are just stinkers, and this week is just a stinker. Like there's, there's, there's a remarkably, there's a remarkably interesting series of things to talk about in what was a whole collection of fucking terrible games of football. Yeah, um, and it's starting to ask. You know the the old every season you think the teams are getting shitter. I think we, me and Fowler, were talking about that on a pod. And I think this is the season where people are roundly quite shit. I think they are just quite bad this year as well. Like, there's a whole collection of teams. Like, even like, like Aberdeen are not a terrible football side, but are doing stupid things. So, as such, are kind of a bad football inside. Hibs, from time to time, look like a passable and entertaining football side. Other points, not quite so much. Hearts. Simply just slogging it out. Uh, but enough. Right? We'll, we'll get into all of these teams individually. But there's a whole collection of things in this this week which were we'll we'll, we'll say like three out of ten broadly. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, I've just noticed I've left a towel hanging up behind me, as you can see here. So if you want to take it down, you're welcome yeah, to Tony. You know what I will. Otherwise, people probably think that's the most um, <laughs> interesting thing that's uh, going to happen on this week's pod. <laughs> on the on you, the on the Discord, you go, you go, you, Tony had his uh, Tony had his towel up. 
<laughs> Tony still you you go whip us down a tilt. Hopefully Fowler won't be won't be using this one as for a, a, a clip. Um but you never know. Uh given everything that's given the, the lack of any uh, actual footballing action that happened this week, maybe this is the bit that Fowler is gonna use for a clip just to highlight the, the reality of <laughs> the reality of humanity. Good yeah, anyway, 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 nonetheless, right. Let's kick off to the highest scoring game of the weekend, uh, which takes us to whatever Dennis Park is called at the moment, the, the some Scott Foam Stadium. For Hibernian, your boys, Tony, defeated Dundee 2-1. Aye, uh, it was actually quite a good game. I definitely do yeah. think this impossibly Aberdeen Rangers were the, the, the sort of two decent games yeah. of the weekend. I had a lovely time in Dundee. Got the train up at about quarter to about half ten. Then I went to the athletic bar. They didn't have any sport on. So then I went to the Ambassador Lounge. Lovely place. And that was very hips. The lot they'd all, Jane Park and her crew had all turned up. Uh, <laughs> my, my mate borrowed Jane Park's charger. <laughs> and, it, and, it, and it came back with less charge in it. <laughs> which, I, which I laughed at a lot. <laughs> Uh, but she, she how long was, how long was it plugged in for? Honestly, it must be about twenty minutes. I think I think what really happened was uh, the the guys forgot to actually switch on the jar, the, the plug. But that's not as fun as I imagine that the, the the filth that's now on these phones. <laughs> I'm just enjoying the idea that the, the plugging into Jane Park's charger's just stealing things from folks. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Fine. She she fucking crashed into. My mate outside the train station, we were just standing there. She got it. She's like, "You make a better door than a fucking fuck off." So the metaphor she's gonna be after, she's gonna be after it. <laughs> and she and her and her crew bought some of the most wild rounds I've seen at a pre-match away day. Um, but they had a good time. I had a good time, and we got to the ground. There was good type of support. I like Dens. I think Dens a good stadium. Yeah, yeah, I'm the same. I prefer it to to Tanadice. Because Tannadice is too tight. I mean, for you, Graham, Tannadice must be impossible. <laughs> I miss the days when they just used to sort of usher you in the bottom tier. Because once you're in the bottom tier, nobody really gave a shit what you're doing. So you're quite happy to stand for the 90 minutes and nobody bother you. Upper tier, that's not happening. So it's ultimately, I'd, I've got a permanent groove just ah. below my kneecap. <laughs> from just being at Tannadice about three times in my life. <laughs> but Hibs started. Really very well. I thought Hibs played really well first half. You can really see the progression and the style in the team in, in the first half. And Dundee, I think, kind of were hoping to do a similar job as what they'd done at Easter Road when, when they got the 0-0 draw, where they sat in for large periods, but they still looked very, very threatening at Easter Road for, for parts of it. But the uh, Hibs were just, they really looked really confident. They were good on the ball. I suppose it'd be remiss of me not to just kick off and talk about Jair Tavares. I mean, it's... yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna have to backtrack quite dramatically <laughs> on Jair Tavares. I feel it's ah, it's it, it's it's wild. It's good fun because always been the, it's just now that he's doing a lot of chatting in the media and you're getting a bit of insight into and maybe what his time was like under Lee Johnson. <laughs> it's like like seems really really shoddy way to treat a. 
just professional. Just like it's it's just it's one of those things, it's not just a footballing thing, it's just it's just bad it's just bad way to treat somebody. It's a bad way to treat a person as a manager, whether you regardless of whether you work or what your job is, it's just a shite way to treat somebody. Yeah, like why did I always wonder this way? Some I get when there's attitude problems. I get even when you're trying to force people out, but you know, like a twenty one year old when he's signed twenty year old who's come all the way over and he's never been away from home before. I just think if he's no being a bother, even if he's shit, just like <laughs> look after yeah. him a bit. Yeah. And don't like ostracize him because that must become impossible. Um, really, if you're, if you're a young kid. And I mean, Will Fish was in the media after saying that like he barely knew who Tavares was and, and he's because <laughs> he's been here for so long. He actually said, I've, I've not seen him around. But with in this Hibs team, with the style the Hibs are playing. He 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 nominally plays on the left in, in a 4-4-2, but in this style, he very much comes in on the inside. He, he, all the avenues when he attacks is coming off the left flank and coming inside. He only he, he only cat he only goes one-on-one with defenders out wide on the left. Quite rarely, um, for, for what you would assume for a for a for a left midfielder. But with the way Hibs play with the with the passing at the back and the style, Tavares' ability to play on the half turn and open up now looks like that is a really, really key component to how Hibs are going to line up uh, and, and like it started to make me think, would he even work without him? Well, this is it. Like I was kind of curious. It was one of the things I was going to ask you because I really like Newell. Um, I, I have my doubts about Levitt, but I, he is a decent footballer. So him on the half turn again, is fine. Josh Campbell, if you take Tavares out of that midfield, then the play has to come they don't have, there's nobody else that can really play in the same sort of way as Tavares is for Hibs at the moment so the ball's kind of got to go left in that situation because as we know Josh Campbell has a lot of talents has a lot of ability can't quite do that mm. he's not really if you play the ball him in that situation the ball will come directly back to the centre half and you'll end up in the same situation that you're in already because he can't he doesn't have the wherewithal to be on the half yeah. turn and, and step away from people so you immediately see the value of Tavares in the system more mm. than anything else absolutely and, and Josh Campbell the the system's really suiting him as well. So I think there's with with Montgomery. I, I've mentioned before that this system, and I know it's a different system when we have the ball, when we don't have the ball, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It doesn't work for some players, like Ellie Yuan starting to maybe look like one of the guys it, it, it won't work for. And I'm I'm really pushing to start seeing. I would like to see Tavar and um, Yuan play up front. Really, I think that would be the best place for him in in this in this sort of lineup. But it really works for for Josh Campbell with play because he just trades with Boyle and it's either bo- him on the right or or Boyle on the right and they they sort of trade over it and who plays up front. But with Campbell, it's he, he gets to work hard and support his fullback with Miller. Miller obviously has the athleticism to want to go on the outside quite a lot on the outside, so it means that Campbell gets to play on the inside more, which suits him. And the game plays a lot quite in front of him in this style. So he get it's more about his movement. It's all about his, his hard running. Obviously, he gets opportunities to to shoot and score rather than being sort of in the centre of midfield where maybe he's 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 sort of is he doesn't have a, he's not got a great touch. He's not got a, a great range of passing. You know these so that really shows him up a lot. But this style it does seem to get the best out of him, and he seems to have really taken to it recently. Now that he's played sort of three games on the bounce. Campbell's, Campbell's an interesting one because he almost always feels like, like whatever system you put him in, 
if you just give him that like three or four game run, he'll figure out a way in which to be useful in it. Yeah. Like the first couple of games, he'll look a bit awkward, a bit difficult within it. But just give him a few. Like just keep asking him. He seems to be a, uh, and certainly it's been it's been from from the the various selections of managers that Hibs have had. They've always been sort of fulsome in their praise of him and he's worked great and things like that. And that's sort of you're beginning to see that now. Like just give him the time. Just give a bit of space and let him figure out how to do it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. And then, like, because he wouldn't be working out, he would play him centre midfield in a four-four-two. It would never work. It would yeah. be enough. But the other issue with this formation is, like, as you say, we whether you like it or not, it means that you can't get Jago, Levitt, and Newland. Even though, like, on paper in your mind that would work, it sounds like the the, the attributes would all complement each other. And there, and like you see, but with with Yuan, it seems we can't. We're not going to get them both in the game. And with Venti, it brings out a lot of his abilities and the way he likes to play but something you're like oh i would like to see him just in the box more um but he did he did set up the the, the goal for tavares in terms of dundee graham once they sort of got to grips with it and and, and after hibbs had scored that sort of like really woke them up because i was expecting yeah. a lot more i was quite shocked when i was at the start like how little dundee were really taking part considering i was assured by gary cocker amongst people that that, that dundee were fucking incredible <laughs> but they, they really didn't take part. But once they did get going, I mean, I'm not the first person to say it, but Owen Beck, man, what, what a player. What a player he's he is. So much, he's so much fun, right? He's absolutely brilliant. And, like, as much as as much as much Beck brings this to that side of the park and, like, the entire Dundee team almost feels like it's set up in an almost sort of ski-whiff fashion, to just get the most out of Beck so everyone else then covers to make that space and everyone shifts and moves across and that's fine. But the real, to me, one of the real benefactors for it is Luke McCowan mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Every, day I've seen, every day I've seen McCowan, like, he was one of these guys, I wasn't sure whether he was going to fall into that kind of, you know, we're talking about in the, in the, in the tennis chat during the week of like the guys that don't quite, they're too good for the championship but they're not quite good enough for the premiership. Mm. Guys like Josh Mullen, guys who are really fine players on their day but in terms of consistent performance at the premiership, they just lack a little bit of either a bit of physicality or a bit of pace or just a little bit of technical ability. But the more he plays, the more confident and the more confident he looks at this level as well. And I thought on Saturday, him more than anything else, as much as Beck was bombing down the wing and doing all the bits and pieces, doing everything that needs to be done, it just freed up McCowan, just that little bit in there as well. And it takes a little bit of the present, a little bit of the pressure off uh, Boateng in there to mm-hmm. maybe sort of less be less reliant on him gives Cameron a little bit of breathing space as well who maybe wasn't as good as he has been at points but I was really impressed with him Dundee didn't win the game obviously but Beck and, and McCowan kind of all, pairing over on the left hand side of midfield in the wide I thought it was just superb yeah because I, I prefer McCowan playing in this sort of central role in a three I think he gets a lot of freedom because Cameron's uh, again not not maybe a million miles from Josh Campbell in terms of he's really really work great his uh, physicals are really good so you know he's going to get at round the pitch, Cameron. But then you've got and you've got Boateng, who's a a, a quite a cute player that I, yeah. I quite like. He's impressive. Yeah, he's he's nice and, he, and he's he's rangy as well. But so that means McCowan. It's there's a lot less onus on him for when he even when he plays out wide. I always feel like he he, he can he can get a bit isolated sometimes, yeah. and this this allows him to drift around the pitch. And obviously he's got that quality of Beck that he can bounce the ball off as well. So the two of them. It's like that's where like Dundee's real attacking quality comes from. But Beck, to go back to him, he's he's the playmaker of that team. It's not he, he, everything goes through him. He's he's driving the running made where Bashuri just 
had to eventually just put a stop to it. That's was absolutely <laughs> brutal. That's absolutely brutal. Like, yeah. It was one of those ones where, like, it's never anything more than a yellow card. Because, like, it's never anything more than a yellow card. But it feels like it should be something more than a yellow card on that one because it's never a red. But that was savagery. Absolutely common too. I've always, I've always said that, that those ones is the ones that we do need to turn into reds. Because then you can't do it. You can't then, then yeah. Beck, from, from a Dundee perspective, because it's always that people take them out when it's the counterattacks. So when it's yeah. completely deliberate. Or someone's going on a Maisie. They're meant to be good things to be enjoyed. We shouldn't, we should always create an environment where that can just get completely, completely shut down. I quite, I, I quite enjoyed Bashiri cutting him. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. In fairness, I, I certainly did. I was screaming at someone else to do it. Well, I mean, because I was thinking he went past Campbell and it was still inside their own half. I was like, that's the time to do it. <laughs> do it then and stop them. But yeah, I really enjoyed. I thought that they, after the goal, they, they improved and McCowan got a few good chances. But if to talk about like the, the Hibs opening goal, this is sort of like everything that, so I've been preaching really about Hibs. It was like the, the really the time to really witness it. And Tavares got away a couple of times. He did give the ball away a couple of times doing a similar thing, as I said yesterday. And as I said earlier, like Tavares was sort of the main man that they were using for for breaking out from from these these passing drills at the back at the in the defence. But when he gets through and they let and the Venti running wide, it's a really nice pass in for Venti. And then Campbell's just really intelligent, step, stepping over the ball. As people say, Campbell's better when he runs away for the ball. Here's an example. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Tavares were, were an app with, with, with a great finish. And yeah, I was really chuffed because I think it's one of those right now people start seeing what's happening on the, tra- on the training ground and people start yeah. to get on board with it. And I don't blame people for not because you do need to start seeing like evidence. Uh, so, so that got people on board. So Lewis Miller's header was great for the, from the corner. He's really good. He gets up really well. He hangs in the air. He's really good at that, Miller, because he is just a he's a specimen, Miller. That's what his main thing is all about. He's he, he's an, a, being an athlete. And then Dundee were just obviously knocking at the door after the sending off. I mean, I thought the first booking was never a booking. He's just trying to block the ball. But I can see how it looked like a booking for for Lewis. I can see what the referee saw. The second one, he's silly because he puts his hands on him, but he doesn't actually. Do anything. So this is this is what I said. This is what I was saying, Tony. He was said. He wasn't sent off for the. He was sent off for stupidity. And you see this sometimes. You see this pretty regular, like players who are just too stupid to not get themselves sent off. Yeah. Like if he'd put his hands on him the first time and just put him down, I don't think he'd have been booked. I think it was the fact that he'd had three goals at it, and then by the time that Beck's actually driving towards goal was when he finally brought him down. So mm. I was like, you've just been very stupid here. If you'd pushed him over the first time, he's never sending you when, off when for that. When he's facing away, he, guy. When he's facing away, he's yeah. never putting you off for that. Unless you were at the game, I wasn't he? So uh, unless there was like seven other Miller fouls between his first booking and his second booking, which doesn't seem impossible, but it, like just, just it, it was too stupid. Having three goals at pulling someone down and then eventually doing it—that's a booking. I was, just out of sheer stupidity. I was, I was, uh, I was laughing because Miller, Miller. Sorry, I've completely lost my train of thought there. But Miller was a. Uh, Miller was really good outside of that, and, and he was pushing forward. But yeah, he's he, he's he's sort of been hard there. And Beck Beck was doing the imaginary yellow card, which is meant to be a booking in itself. He'd already been booked. Uh, so what could have happened is the fun bit of Miller getting sent off, and then Beck getting sent off for it. But um, Dundee they they created a few chances. I mean, the one when uh, 
Tony Doors just uh, uh, the one that he, he, just, he just needs to throw himself just, at it. Why, why you can see it? him just hesitate. I don't know whether it was a shout. It, to me, it looked like someone else had given him a shout. Mm-hmm. Whether that was maybe one of the Hibs players had given him a shout, somebody gave him a shout because there's no way in which he's not going to go and attack. That's the only way I could see that being a lot. Like it was, you just needed to attack it, yeah. get it on target, have a go. Like sometimes you can over the overly complicate things. It's a right. lovely ball's been crossed in. You're you're close to it. Try and chuck your chuck your head on it but Hibs managed to hold on which was a big thing because with the, what's been going on with Hibs in the last sort of whole season really there's so many late goals and you just once right. he got set off and I was like look, looking at the watch going that ah, mm, that seems very early <laughs> there's like 30 odd minutes to go is, is time still linear is the, mm. time still 60 seconds in a minute yeah, 60, just, yeah oh, no so I don't a, know yeah it's a horrible sort of end to the game but Hibs saw it out which is really good so Two sides seeing the, the team sort of develop and the, the style a bit more. They all looked quite comfortable and interchanging it. positions. Newell dropping in and getting the ball. That all worked a bit better today than it, it didn't look as jarring as it maybe did in other games and it, and it created chances. And Hibs had really good like control of most of the first half. And then they had to dig in, which is something they really struggled with. So all in all, a good day for Hibs and a good day for Montgomery in terms of showing that the, 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 the team is moving forward. And, and I think that's more important than anything because it's a lot of away games coming up in this period. And we're playing Aberdeen next week, which now seems like a really, really big game. Yeah, yeah. So, and now Hibs into the top six now. And that was always the case over that, that period there is that no matter, everyone was being shit. So all it took was, if you're able to put three, four wins together, which is possible for Hibs because it's Aberdeen, then Livingston. Hibs can win those two games. There's no reason not to. And then suddenly Hibs are, and they do that, there's a, there's a decent chance they'll be in third place already. Yeah. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So going from one team to... Oh, I was going to try to do something like that. Nail links. Nail links. <laughs> one from one team going, to another team. We're going from one team to another. <laughs> we're going to Parkhead. Yes. Okay. Where Motherwell scrapped, clawed, and bit their way to a point, which was, uh, truth be told, <laughs> they were starting to you know, football's back for the international break I was like no thank you no interest in that don't really want to do that anymore had my fun at the start of the season not so fun anymore <laughs> nonetheless uh, Stuart Kettlewell's boys turned it around to grab a point um, which in the end I would argue we were entirely deserving of as well like absolutely fine Celtic were stinking they I think we, just before the international break, we I think all of us had kind of looked at Celtic and gone, you know, they look like they're just, they've finally got themselves around to Rodgers, they've got players back, players are coming back from injury after the international break, there were more bodies there. But here we are, 
post international break, still chucking on Mikey Johnson, hoping that something happens. <laughs> I I don't think Celtic have anything to worry about, simply on the basis that, that Rangers, and we'll come to them, aren't very good. Um, but I don't think you're going to enjoy it very much. I don't think there's going to be any great pleasure out of this season, other than once you get to the end, being like, okay, we've got we've got two trophies, probably. That's that's something, I suppose. <laughs> but they just they're fucking not good, and given that they have overwhelmingly the majority of players that they had last season, which was just exciting. It's fun to turn up and watch your team got them scud people, but even if they're not scudding people, just being exciting playing football. This team is not that. This team isn't that. I don't think this team will be that. I don't think Rodgers is going to take the handbrake off to let them go and do that. They're just fucking boring. And again, as always, when, when teams like Motherwell go to Parkhead and get a point, there's any number of boys willing to tell you that, oh, this Motherwell just turned out to not play football. Fucking correct. Absolutely, absolutely correct. <laughs> that's, how, that's how what Celtic have to deal with. That is the whole point. And if they don't do it, that means they've played poorly. That, that Maybe, is insane. Yeah. Maybe fucking learn something from it and don't lose every game in Europe three nothing <laughs> or six nothing. Either way, either way, just maybe take a learning from that opportunity there. Because it's not the first time. It's not like this. Is, I mean, we've had it at Easter Road. They had it at Fir Park when the first yep. time round, yep. uh, where, where they, they got, got away with it. See, the ones are they're really good at the time if you're a Celtic fan because it did look class at the end of that game. But that it's, it's paper over cracks because it happens in such a dramatic way that you do just forget the other. 90 minutes were, yep. were pretty turgid. Obviously, they've done this thing in St. Johnston at Parkhead. So you're talking St. Johnston and Motherwell over the last period. Like some of the, the worst, worst, like not, not good, not good teams. Yeah. And like St. Johnston was like, what are the only points they fucking got? And that, that's really, really galling if you're Celtic. And it just doesn't seem like, just, they don't seem to have the, the sequences. They did have an Ange post Coglu and it just seems what they don't seem to press as hard. When I watch them, it's not as intense. When you play them, you do feel like you get a bit of a rest against them in periods, which never ever happened under Ange Postecoglou. No, and that was it's that sort of it was the kind of relentlessness of that, and I always it always kind of tickled me a little bit that it got to the basically the hour mark of every Postecoglou game, and he took off the two central midfielders because they were absolutely mm-hmm. done in, which. Like as a whole part, like we're going to build a squad where we we have guys that can play for an hour and then get replaced with two other guys to keep it going for the last half an hour. Like, if you can make five substitutes, why would you not do that? It makes absolutely perfect sense. And yeah, as I say, just not a thrilling Celtic side, and particularly with the goal that they lost as well. Like Motherwell, obviously conceded to the, the second penalty we given away. Absolutely, for, for what it's worth, absolutely no complaints on either penalty for me. Like the first one. McGabby's really unlucky because he does the right thing in terms of getting in the right place and it just takes, it takes like an awkward ricochet and he has to, he just goes lunge to try and win the ball and it, fine, clumsy, but not um, not not the worst decision he's made this season. <laughs> and it won't be. <laughs> <laughs> and it won't. No, no, the one at Livingston is by a distance the worst decision he's made this season. And then the second one as well, like I, I, I can't get my head around what Butcher's thinking about and again, we'll come on to this a little bit when we get to the, the Aberdeen game as well, but like Mikey Johnson is number one, Mikey Johnson. Number two, he's not getting to the ball. And number three, if he does get to the ball, he's still fucking Mikey Johnson. It doesn't matter. Just let him go. What's going to happen if it's at the byline anyway? But because if he does get there, he's not, he's not going to be in a position to score it because nope. it'll, be, it'll be stretching that much. But you just, 
It just has to, this could be the, I really don't want to talk like this. It could be the, the good part of VAR could be that this can kill the, the, the peeling back in the box. I say that's the good part, but again, I've got a bit of the opinion of you is that the physical and the shit bit of football is something that I kind of quite like at time to time. I also also have some thoughts on this generally as well, and we'll get get to the Aberdeen game as well, but nonetheless. Again, Kelly saving the first one, first play, stupid run-up from Palmer. Motherwell then immediately going up the other end and scoring through. Like, Motherwell conceding a goal, immediately bringing on Theo Bear and Conor Wilkinson being like, here's the answer, lads. And then it's suddenly somehow being the answer 30 seconds later. And not to complain about it at all, not to gripe it at all, because it's absolutely, it was absolutely right. But there is something really, really funny about Motherwell scoring and then almost immediately a board going up saying 10 minutes of injury time. <laughs> if you're... If you're into your conspiracies and things, that's gonna you're gonna love that more than anything else in your life. It's the it, it, there should have been ten minutes of fucking stoppage time because Liam Scales had like brain surgery on the field. It looked like, <laughs> but it was it, just as a purely visual moment. Very fucking funny. Really, really fucking funny. So I mean, I mean, so if we're looking at this, if you go back to the Celtic team, Taylor is. I mean, this is again not the first time it's been mentioned. He's having a poor season. Should have put off in this game as well. Yeah, like he's he's having a poor season this season. Then when you're looking at him and Ralston, it's great. And 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 the fullbacks become quite important, especially with with Palmer, who looks like a a good player, but he's not quick and he doesn't want to go on the outside. He wants to do. He wants to come inside the tight end, and that's and that's fine. Again, there's the wide players do different things. I'm not saying, but if he's doing that. And it's sort of like taking away the thing that Taylor was doing last season when he was coming out the midfield a lot. He's not doing that under Rodgers, which again, is fair enough. I'm not saying that every team should be doing inverted fullbacks or anything like that. But it's if, if Taylor probably prefers to do that than, than be the guy that goes on the outside all the time, it's like it just it's one of those that maybe it's just went it's went from having a manager who actually discovered how to make you the best player you can probably be with, with your attributes to suddenly now under a manager who takes that away from you and then the player in front of you doesn't suit you whatsoever. It, it, it's it's such a... It just shows, like, football, it's just... It's so quick. There is no time. You're never standing still as a player because you wouldn't have been surprised if Taylor got a move or something off the back of how good he was He was playing. He was, like, a really key component for for Celtic, but he still might because I think... I, I spoke to this about Amy on a pod that... Because he's shown that he can do that inverted fullback role really well, someone might fancy it because there's already there's only so many players that have sort of got that yeah, proof yeah. already that they can do it. So it's, it might just be the case that he might just have to to move <laughs> because just uh, tough, like, tough, tough out and then go go and try and do that somewhere else. Yeah, or somebody that's what I mean. So that. I mean, in, in Palma, it's like a, a bit of shade and Freud there because I, I I thought he was pish at the start, then he started running riot, <laughs> and I didn't like being wrong. <laughs> Oh no! Fuck! I, I was slagging him, <laughs> but yeah, it was a it was a really bad penalty and that, a big moment for Kelly Graham because not being good for I can't remember the last time he's been good. Really, he's not been good. Um, I, I've mentioned this a couple of times, I think, but just every time he comes back from international camp, he seems to be a worse footballer. <laughs> I don't I, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it's the I don't know. What it's just it's it's been taken out of his his daily routine and stuff like that and he's put somewhere else and he just takes a wee while to spin back up to club football and stuff like that I don't know Um, I I, I couldn't put a finger on it but that's and again that might just be totally made up but it's always been my impression that whenever he comes back from Scotland camp it takes him a game or two to get back to his best 
I was quite enjoying watching the, the one thing I noticed for the highlights. It was I, I thought still Motherwell, without seeing a lot of the ball, when they did get the ball, there was a bit of purpose in it. Yeah, it wasn't definitely. just you weren't just like yep. getting caught with the ball at the back and then try to hold on to it. And this is the key when you play Celtic is that you do need to carry it out a bit. You do put, have put to be brave. Up, put them under on put them under a little bit as well. Aye. Brody Spencer, he's been kind of on and he's been kind of up and down since he arrived at Motherwell, and he's got a, a tough job to follow, given that Furlong and Johnson had such a good season for his last year, on either side his wing backs, and I, I don't think naturally he's like he's certainly not left in the natural left back either, but just the he showed a lot of bravery in this game, which in the past I don't know three or four weeks I kind of feel he's he's almost almost withdrawn himself a little bit from games. But in this one, he turned up big style in terms of just feeling like, I'm going to win the ball and then I'm just going to run with it. That's all I've been asked to do. If I get, if I take the ball 30 yards up the field and run it out of play, fine. Like, it doesn't matter. I've taken the ball 30 yards away from goal. I've let us get back in. I've let us get set up again. And I do I do wonder whether just simpl- simplifying things for him has made it easier for him at the mm-hmm. weekend. Just like, you don't need to think so hard about what you're doing. You don't need to be paying so much. Just win the ball and take it away. And it was that was the... Kind of turning point when one of the turning points for Motherwell when Cadden arrived in the team under Mark McGee, I think it was. Uh-huh. Essentially, just went McGee ended up with this weird system because, as you know, Chris Cadden can cover like the entirety of a side of a pitch on his own. Mm-hmm. And just went right, you just go and stand there, and what we're going to do is we're just going to clip the ball into that space, and you take the ball and you run it sixty yards up the field, and no one will catch you. And he just did it over and over and over again, and that was kind of him arriving in top flight football and just giving that sort of space and getting himself that confidence as he built himself into the game and. I do think there's a there's a lot of as much as as much as it sounds very sort of basic, just getting people the confidence to be playing at this level helps enormously. Absolutely, and the the lack the confidence that these Celtic players that have been brought in since the summer, they they, they hardly any of them look like anywhere near Celtic players. Like like home got taken off at half time, and I feel like maybe that's not happened. They're going, but he was. I'm sure he was getting criticised by Rogers fairly recently, like about um how he needs to show a lot more. Um yeah. Yang, I mean he's he's got his he, he has his moments in, in games. Yang but... Yang does this thing for he he he's always in the right spot and in mm. the right position and he's about to do the right thing, but doesn't he? <laughs> that was like it was his header it was a header I think it was before uh just before Celtic got the second penalty. Um he had a a, a wonderful chance to take the lead. And just nodded it wide it was just a, it was what as I say, he just kept putting himself he would find himself in the right area of the pitch he would go and take someone on but then do the wrong thing or he would stumble while he's trying to take them just all just continually almost doing it right at some point or another he'll put it all together mm-hmm. and he'll get and he'll get a hat trick but in the meantime struggling so did, 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 did Celtic change formation when they brought O on or did Furuhashi just drop in a, sort of midfield a little bit how did that work he just went through the middle, mm-hmm. um, so I, I, there wasn't any great. Um, certainly from, I mean, it was kind of the majority of the game was um, Motherwell kind of just trying to hold on in mm-hmm. large part as well. So the Celtic formation was fairly fluid at the best of the time as well. But it was, it kind of took to kind of changed a little bit more to sort of him as the focal point with everyone playing behind them as opposed to the sort of the three higher up as well. But I again, it's one of the games which well, and I've seen it quite a lot recently. Um, every time you see Celtic sort of struggling in that situation, like you could really have done with Jack uh, Jackamacus here. I yeah. think he would probably be the answer to your question here, but nonetheless, anyway, fair play. 
let's so, so again just they just haven't they just they, they just haven't improved at all. They've got weaker Celtic. Yep. Yep. And I'll oh, see they might have to maybe put their hand in their pocket in, in January. I'm sure they can find something. Just be more interesting, be more fun. Mm. Have a laugh. You've got the, you've got you've got all the best players in all the best positions. Just have a laugh. Have, have yeah. some fun. And talk about um people not having a laugh. There we go, Tony. Link King. <laughs> go, to the no- go, to the, go to the northeast. As <laughs> yeah, Barry, yeah. Barry Robson is not having a laugh. Um, he was uh, a very grouchy man come full time as he did the very serious walk straight out to have a chat with the referee um, as Aberdeen failed to hold on against Rangers and end up with a point. Which, given that they're ninth in the league, maybe the point's important to them. Who can tell? Um, Rangers won, Aberdeen won at Pataudry. Where do, we, where, do we, where do we want to start, Tony? I, I just, I just wanted to talk uh, uh, just quickly about. I'd be really, I'd start to get pissed off being an Aberdeen fan because he does this all the time. Robson, he is, he is the most negative manager in the league. I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. It's and it's like the, the, this. I was saying this about before. It's always funny not getting the managers right at Hibs, Hearts, and Aberdeen. It's like during this period where they all were willing to spend money. They all had owners or money when they were actually willing to go and buy players, but they all, they all didn't have the right guy <laughs> at, at the time when this period finally came. And that's it, obviously, it's just so... Like, the first 15, 20 minutes, Aberdeen look really good. There is no yeah. reason to stop that just because you go 1-0 up, because it's not like they're... They're, it's, they're not expansive at that period. They're just kind of going toe-to-toe and they're allowing some sort of freedom... To that period, then they go one 0 up, and they do it every time. And it's they, as I said, they, even in the semi final against Hibs, they're playing. It's Hibs. You, why do you have to play <laughs> the single most negative way? It doesn't make any sense to me. There's plenty of good players here. They've got a manager who can get his. The, the thing about obviously looks like he can get his instructions across, and he can get good performance out of them. And something we kind of expected. I, I said this at the start. I think we're going to see Aberdeen's best performances are going to be in Europe in games where yep. they get to play this way and, it, and it's not a problem. And then and then obviously against Rangers, they've had some good performances there, but he just just totally just gave up on that other side of the game and all in the second half. And But if they, they'd they moved out of the pitch and, and sort of played a bit, which they, they certainly were capable of, they could have went 2-0 up. You could win that game, but you don't have to wait till, till the... <laughs> you don't have to try and hold on for an entire 70 minutes just because... Because you have a goal, Aye, yeah. I, I think I, I totally agree with you. I, th- I thought it was like Rangers looked; they were up against it, um, and that, like you say, that's a fifteen twenty minute spell where they just didn't, they couldn't figure out quite what to do with Sokler or Miowski. Mm. It's, I mean, first and foremost, is is everyone just going to pretend that Sokler and Miowski aren't fucking twins? <laughs> like it's free, it's genuinely freaking me out watching them as well because that sort of from a distance watching a footballer, nah, not for me. But they, they couldn't figure out quite what to do with them because Sokler and Miowski were working it so well in terms of one coming and one going and dropping deep and flicking on. and They just, Balogun and, and, and Goldson were just all at sea trying to figure out what to do. And you're not going to... Lundstrom isn't, doesn't have the pace to drop in and help them with that either. So you're going to have to try and cut down the pass by pushing onto it, which means you need to be brave if you're Rangers. But if you miss it, then you're leaving your centre-halves exposed. Like, just keep doing that. <laughs> like, it, it's not like... The players which you're going to knacker in doing that are Sokler and Miowski, which is fine because you've got Duke on the bench. Mm. So, you, see if you tire at your two centre forwards, 
that's fine because you've got one that's actually faster on the bench mm. anyway. So like, you, you you tire them out and then you keep. I d- it was something under uh, under Graham it's Alexander. It's not like you have to even really overcommit men no, to no, do what they were no, doing. Not at all. Not you don't at have all. to play like attacking that's, that, football. You can still play in that rigid shape with with the style yeah. that they were doing, and it was working. That's what I don't. That's what I don't understand because it's not like Aberdeen don't have just an eleven within that there as well. Because obviously you get Devlin on one side, Duncan on the other, um, and then you can look at guys like McGarry to come off the bench there as well, or Hayes, or Paul Vara can come into the midfield if you need more energy later. Or you could put Duke up top, like I said, because he's, he's fucking faster and more energetic. Anyway, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't. I don't under. I, I'm with you. I'm totally. I'm totally agree with, with you. I just don't understand it. Like you've, you you're doing something that that the Rangers team can't really cope with. Just keep fucking doing it. It's just like a there's a thing in like uh, American football which is essentially just run the damn ball. Like we'll just keep running the ball until they can stop us, and see once they can stop us, we'll change it. But see, until they stop us, don't fucking change it. Just keep doing it. Just do the thing that's working. It was working. You were knocking them around the place. As it went in for halftime, Rangers looked fucking punch drunk at halftime. Like, we don't know how to deal with this. We don't know how to cope with this. Looking at the Rangers bench and the certainly the changes that were made there, like, it was an attempt for Rangers to change what they were doing. And I understand, like, Matondo gives you a slightly different option in there and stuff like that as well. And but fundamentally, you you weren't moving them around. You were just getting them to try and change the bodies that were doing it. And they can't change the backline because they don't have anyone else to go mm. and change the backline. They don't have a different system to play in there. They can't. They don't have quicker centre halves. I think so they've, like, I think they've earmarked uh, Robson done well. There was earmark that Balogun's lost the the the, the main attribute, mm. which was his pace, which is the main thing that he was really good at. That was the main that got him out of so many jams. Yeah. As, as a player and he's that you can see that's kind of not there as you would expect that had to happen sometime because it didn't last him years <laughs> like even when he was 33 he was still really really quick but he lost it there because like Mayovsky and Sokka neither of them looked quick um, but they were they were able to get behind and the goal from a Rangers point of view is a shambles like, 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 yeah. like re- really I was like because I was sitting there it's a great flat. The, the oh. flick from Sockler is absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Like really, really good centre forward play. What, what a finish! What a yeah. finish that is! And Mayovsky's shoved a lot of words down throat because his 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 whole games come on a lot, and 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 the ability to score was still there. Still not convinced he's going to be good enough for like some of the teams that like Lazio. <laughs> like when it gets linked to them, I'm always like, are we, are we, are we sure? But who knows? In Italy, everyone that goes there works for so. So, so so who knows? But yeah, and Rangers they 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 created they, they did create some chances in in the second half. But again, I, th- I feel a bit of that was just Aberdeen, just because allowing them to have the ball that much, it's impossible for them not to. But even then, it's like some of the best moments are like that really weird shot that Lawrence had, which yeah. even when I look at it, it doesn't look right. But uh, it, it was very technically probably was very good, but. Even I see it back, I'm like, I'm still convinced that's good, but <laughs> but but he does it, and and he, and he's really unfortunate not to score, and just there's ongoing problem, like we were saying about some other teams, maybe Hibs, possibly Celtic as well, with some guys, it's like they don't seem to be able to get the best out of their this. The new managers can't get the best out of the, the arguably who the best players were before, and he's having this issue with with Todd Cantwell as we're going on just now. Yeah, just not really. Like it's, 
I, I don't know whether he wants more. Like the the thing that Beale seemed really intent on doing was just having Cantwell just as a completely free role, and that seemed to be getting the most out of him. I get the impression that Clement wants a slightly more direct control over the game mm-hmm. in terms of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So he needs the system needs to work. So that is, that ultimately comes down to Cantwell in terms of whether he's willing to do that and put in the hard yards to get there. I don't like I don't like Cantwell wide. I know that he was. He's got like what to use my own reference points for Hibbs. It's like kind of like Joe Newell is that yeah. he he looks like a winger and he can roll the ball. So I think people think he's a winger. I think that happened to Cantwell at Norwich, but yeah. they came round to it is that he is a much better. Uh, it's like quite a rangy driving midfield player like Newell. So if I, I I don't I don't think that'll work when playing out wide on the right and just I Rangers. It's just they just batter on the door. But it's not particularly like easy on the eye whatsoever. And it's another team I've just an old firm at similar to the Celtic. Boring. Bored. Yeah. I'm bored of watching a lot of these Strangers players. And I already get a bit fed up of the old firm just in general because yeah. I get forced to watch their games every single week. And I have to because obviously we do this. So I like I cannot watch the live game because obviously you need to watch as many games as you can. I have to watch that every time. And now Rangers have the same fucking players for what feels like 10 years. And just, just like, move on, please. Just steadily declining <laughs> yeah, over yeah, the decade. Yeah, yeah. Slowly but surely declining. Uh, these these players, like Goldson's having, uh, Goldson just looks much more vulnerable than he has done for, for a long time. Yep. Uh, this season, and that's including in the league. Because uh, there was uh, times when I just thought Goldson was just imperious. I didn't think anyone could yeah. do anything. And he could, there was no issues there. But uh, I just, Lundstrom, Sefuentes, do we need the two of them playing? I don't think you do. But I think this happens a lot. And, and Beal was guilty for it as well. Even, just, back to Ger- even back to Gerard as well. It's like Ranger, Rangers don't play two holding midfielders challenge. Impossible. Can't be done. So, that bit, but I think you're right that Clement just strikes me as a, yeah, a guy you want. Just his look, the way he carries himself. It's a man who wants to have complete control of absolutely everything uh, at the club. Uh, the penalty, Graham, go on then. Take me, I know you had something to say about it. So fundamentally, right, both this one and the one in the Motherwell game, my opinion is that neither of these should be penalties because neither of those players are going to get the football, whether they've been pulled or not, right? And I realise that's stupidity and that's not part of the loss of the game. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, not, it's not a hell I'm willing to die on, but that's my feelings <laughs> on it. However, the response to this has really baffled me given that the same thing happened in two games and in both games, these are both stonewall penalties. Like, I, 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 I don't know if I... It's one of those things I'm kind of feeling like I'm being stupid here. And I'm looking at the the one in the Celtic game with Butcher pulling by Johnson and the one in the, the Rangers game with Goldson getting pulled back by Gartenman. Like, both of them, like, yeah, he's fucking holding back. It's VAR. If you... If, if as a defender you do that and you get away with it, fucking... Fine, cool. I've I, I've got away with one there. You know what you're looking at there. You know that people will be looking at it. My biggest gripe with this is that, and it's similar to Craig Anderson's as well. In that, if it's a clear and ob- to me where that falls into sort of the clear and obvious error, but and I'm happy we've told him wrong on this. That's fine. If he's not going to get the ball, is it a clear and obvious error? If he's not going to get the ball. Why has it been referred to VAR in the first place? Because he's been pulled down while he's never going to get anywhere near the ball in any case. Maybe you're not allowed to make that judgment. Don't know. But, like, just fucking, like, Robson, like, Aberdeen, 
as a whole over the past like month have just been causing it with people in order to try and get like it all feels very cynical to me in terms of getting their fans on side like we're out here fighting for the fans whatever else good maybe you are good that's fine until you're getting fucking cuffed in games or but uh, the situation like this like robson losing his head being like oh it looks really bad like your player pulled him back like, that is a penalty like, i don't I, I don't know, as I say, I feel like I'm being stupid because I'm like, well, yeah, it's apparently because he's pulled him back. Like, that's what the laws of the game it are. You've seen it, I've seen like it. Said, in my opinion, yeah. shouldn't he be? But again, I don't make up the fucking laws mm. of the game because if they did, I'd do a fucking, I'd do a fucking class job. Yeah, yeah. Nonetheless, I'd get what I want out of it and that's all that matters. So, yeah, fine. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. What, what, are you, what are your thoughts on it, Tony? Oh, just, it's all about, like... I get that that's what people will probably want from VAR. These are the kind of things yeah. you can take away and you can allow the game. Again, like like I'm saying about the, the, the kind of cynical fouls, you could kill them in a moment and then you're allowing for more goals. Because my, my thought process is what, I don't know if it's what I want, but I know that's what the general... More fan, goals, more fun. Yeah, more goals, more more fun. And arguably, if you stop pulling in the box, means that more attackers will get the run on defenders just generally because people will have to stop doing it but at the same time just i know what it's just you, you, you grab shirts <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it's a, like, like fund- a, fundamentally as well i i have a and i realize this delves immediately delves and strikers fucking, do it as well and strikers yeah. do it all the time and they watch it and then we're getting down to who started it which is the one really recently was it maybe celtic or Aberdeen when they were trying to work out, or maybe it was down south. I just can't remember. There was certainly, there was one last year of um, I think it was was it Motherwell or Ross County or something. Oh no, like sorry, that, it was but... the one one one. I, I thought to stop not using English reference, but it was one in the Chelsea Man City game when the two of them were at it and Haaland got a penalty. Yeah. Week and like they were trying, and the whole judgment on us: when does it start, or who do, who holds on for longer? And shit like that. I get really like, oh for fuck's sake, man! I, I also, this is what I it also... takes ages. I also kind of have my doubts that these are the same decisions that will be made on a week- weekly basis up and down the country, and I feel that Rangers and Celtic are refereed to a different standard that everybody else has. But again, that's that's simply my conspiracy brain going off on one. But yeah, I I, I actually take the, the point. Referees are under more it. pressure. They are. They're under they more are. pressure in those games. This isn't about cheating. It's just that you are under more pressure. Yeah. It's an entirely human reaction to being under more pressure, and it's not like a fault. It's not a criticism around. It's just the reality of it. Like mm. they are refereed to a different standard to the rest of us. Um, which, when in three weeks' time, when on a weekend when Motherwell play Dundee and a Motherwell player hauls back a Dundee jersey in the box, like, will it be given? Probably not. Yeah, similarly, Simmering yeah, got one against Hibs. That one pretty obvious when I beat a like dram back, and it was a really big load of the strip. Aye, but I don't know. Just but now, what Aberdeen have to go to Helsinki on yeah. Thursday minus seventeen. Hmm. Yep. Quite mm. up for you coming back to Easter Road after that on a Sunday. That sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But when I saw that and I was looking, I was like, mm, that's good. Chuffed to that. Speed. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. 
Speaking of returns to Edinburgh, Craig Levine desperately wanting some attention as he arrived at Tyne Castle, which didn't arrive, which is <laughs> yeah, fucking hilarious. Saying it all weekend. Oh, but did he cup his ears or something like that? Did he do anything like that? No. No, no, no he was just... Wanted? All, all the week he was like, oh, I, I fully expect to get a bit of treatment. Like, nobody cares, mate. Like, you were Hearts manager. Broadly, everyone's made their peace with it. I don't, I doubt any of these particularly upset about it. Not, you're a harsh little... legend. Why would they get booed? People, people wanted you gone because you, you were doing a job you weren't cut out for. Yeah, as a director of football, but desperation from Levine for people with hearts to be upset at him. <laughs> None of which materialised. Brilliant. Really, really enjoyed it. <laughs> I am really enjoying Craig Levine being back in Scottish football in like an actual football in Central Island, not on the radio because I also don't need that in my life. But yeah, Craig Levine back in football, just attempting to was, wind was people Was the Sacked in the Morning podcast his? Or was I'd, he just a guest on it all the time? I don't know. I'm not I don't sure, because I, mean, I saw know. that it's still on. Oh, I, uh, is he still going to be on it? I don't know. I wondered whether he had actually told them that he wouldn't be coming back, or whether he just had completely forgotten that he did a podcast. <laughs> he just assumed it was just some. He doesn't. He didn't actually know they were being recorded. He thought he was just hanging out with his pals in the pub for a wee bit. Don't know. Don't know. Ultimately, um, this is this. This takes us into a run of three games, Tony, in which are not massively interesting. Um, truth be told. St Johnston look like a competent football team is what I'll say about this more than anything else like I am pleased that uh, Craig Levine has done the very sensible thing and come in and said to Liam Gordon for example like you're actually quite good mate would you like a cuddle and then we'll just improve the things and we'll just keep you doing the things that you're good at and I'll give you a partner like just just don't overthink it mate don't try too hard you're not playing football. Just win the ball, pass the ball, win the ball, get rid of it. Either way is fine. Just and he gives simple. him McGowan as well. Yeah. Because he, he was playing on the right right centre back and he's still athletic enough for, for for a wee bit of foot race, not totally. I think he yeah. gets exposed when he's in midfield. Yeah. A bit of athleticism. But when you play in defence, it can be a bit different because you've got the you've got the bylines to use as, yeah. like, you know what I mean? It's not Teammates, like, aye. Yeah, and it's like you can't, so you can use that to squeeze things and you don't need to be in mid, if you're in centre midfield, like, there's there's no hiding place athletically. You're, the, if it goes past you, they're, they're gone. Then he makes, he he made Liam Gordon look like a, a much better player than he has done recently. It's, Hearts continued with the with the three five two with Kingsley often to play on the right hand side, but I was watching the highlights and, and what I've been reading is like, obviously it suits Alex Cochran. Right, he's had, such a uh, him being back such a big boon for Hearts huge. as well. It was the the we sort of skipped past he went past I think it was Costello like he wasn't there, which again not possibly the most difficult thing to do in the league this season, but just disappearing past Costello and he's wee one two and he was off and gone and he's him being back from his suppose a, a tough ankle um, has been a huge huge boon for Hearts as well and much. Much the same to like uh, Beck and McCowan at Dundee that we were talking about as well. It just gives Lowry as well just that wee bit more freedom and a wee bit more space and a wee bit less less responsibility to do the hard yards and more responsibility to just get on the ball and do things. Yeah, because Cochrane's reliable in a defensive sense, but he's also... Well, I, I would never have guessed the first season I saw him. I thought he was like fucking blandest fullback. I thought like the fucking James Browns of this world, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, like just like aye, aye, he's he's fine, uh, and he's I'm fine. not he's not criticizing. He'll defend, 
he'll get forward a little bit. He'll play a deep cross. Can't get round. He, he can't do anything he got on the outside, but he, he'll support the wide player. And that's basically what he was. But then for there, he, he's come on loads. But the, the problem with Hearts, I mean, well, the problem with Hearts in a, in a football sense. <laughs> You got another two hours. <laughs> they, well, they, no, we've now cut to Tony alive from the Bob and Dundee. They, they, they just play with everyone's a number 10 now. They don't really have any sort of real pace. So I find like it's, they've become relatively easy to, to kill, which also means they can still get wins because teams sit in against them because they, they, the game can be really squeezed. But it means the games are fucking dreadful. That that they play in, no matter really who they, who anyone that's not a team that's like forced to go on the attack against them. So it's really only Hibs, Rangers, and Celtic. Obviously, Hibs fans wouldn't like Hibs just sitting in against, so that would be a problem. Obviously, Rangers and Celtic can't do that. But like they've got with Lowry, Grant, and Grant, I know has been a bit better, but Lowry, Grant, Boyce, and Shankland is all wanting to have the same area, all very similar styles of players and. Everyone just comes deeper for the ball. And if they're not got Vargas or Oda, who there's still question marks in about how effective these guys actually are, but you feel like some of them have to play because just need just to offer something different. Because it needs to be stretched. They just they just they, they miss Ginelli so much. And in this game, it was just for what I looked at and for what I was reading, it was just Benny Beningame passing back to Frankie Kent. I thought it was interesting that it was uh, Joel had popped. Joel had popped out the stats for this. Mm-hmm. What's this thing called? The the Hearts bastards. Hearts bastards. Hearts bastards. <laughs> was it most most passes? Frankie Kent with a hundred. Most touches? Frankie Kent with hundred and twelve. And then second on the list was Kai Rolls. Like yeah, you just you just just do something else. Do something else. Extremely Nobody, unhearts nobody, as well. Nobody's having fun, Tony. Yeah, nobody's having nobody, fun. And it's extremely unhearts, and it's not what yes. Hearts fans will gonna, want. Uh-huh. And I don't mean that, and I, I don't mean that critically at all. It's just no, no. it's what the Hearts fans that they they kind of know what they want, and Hearts fans that's why they 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 always feel quite comfortable within themselves. I think they have, they've always understood who they want. And Alan Forrest had a had a one of his bad games, so maybe we could stop this stuff soon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Hearts really, they, they looked like Hearts still were able to see the game out pretty easily. It looked like St Johnson had their best period. After half time, uh, it was more conducive into that, and it actually towards the end looked like that Hearts would be the team that would go on and score again. They were pretty solid though, St Johnston, and they transitioned quite quickly for times. And that Robinson at left wing back was really good, and then Phillips and Smith stood out in the in the midfield. And Phillips is always a player that yeah. I just really like. I've always liked him since the day he came in. He's he's he absolutely screams the sort of player to me who. Eventually, one of Hearts, uh, Aberdeen, and Hibs will take a punt on him, and he'll be absolutely stinking. Yeah, the entire time he's there, like in the same sort of uh, like the Yanda when Hibs all went to Hibs, I was like, please, please let Yanda go to Hibs because he'll take a lot of money and he'll be terrible. Yeah, it's like when uh, sell, when Hearts signed Towel. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, gonna, not gonna work. Not, not gonna, gonna happen. Work. Just not gonna, not work. gonna work. But then the same is what it's always gonna be with St Johnson is that. Kane and May just workhorses up front and there yeah. needs to be some sort of quality. This is what, when Nicky Clark's not there, because Nicky Clark, yeah, he might not be like the most deadly striker, but he's always been a, he's just, he's clever, he's cute, he's got quality, he can pick people out. He'll bring better out of one of those two. 
But when it's yep. just those two, I just don't think it is. But they'll be under Levine. It'll be hard to beat. They'll just have to take their chances. Uh, and Mitov still looks great. So, uh, fair enough to them. But, but uh, that's it, really. I've got that's not for me. Yep. Let's uh, let's head to Paisley mm. as an own goal from Sean Kelly uh, secured all three points for St Mirren. In the end, really comfortable St Mirren. Like I've I I, I stand stand firmly on my take that I think Livingston will go down this season. Uh-huh. Um, they just they lack any kind of real spark within that squad. They just I don't know where it's going to come from. Um, they keep losing games by really small margins. But again, they're never really in the game massively as well. So you get the impression of looking at it like, oh, yeah, so they're, they're, they're right in, right on the right on the on the on the cusp of just turning things around. But again, just never really what a huge great opportunities for Livingston within the game. A struggle, a real slog for them this season. I think it's going to be. And I I I suspect that the results are going to start sliding the 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 bad way rather than the good way. Um, when they actually the start losing season. by more, and the in that this period actually looks like the bit when they actually had some decent performances. <laughs> like, yeah, I hate that's when it really worries me when that happens with, with a team. But the, yeah, they just with the death, of whatever he done to Joe Newbley over the summer. I mentioned before when he tried to punt him into to anyone that, that seems to have really affected them. He's now using them at right wing back. He can't drop them because they don't have anyone, anyone to replace them with. Really, and but Nubli is he's lost it. He doesn't go past people anymore. He doesn't take the ball in the tight areas anymore. He plays really on the periphery of the game, and that was the guy you were thinking, right? They've kept him. That's who they'll hang their hat on. And him and Anderson will, I'll, I'll do enough if 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 that's going to happen. Even though I think a lot of us thought because eventually it had to happen. They had to get relegated sometime. They do have to. Livingston can't stay up forever. They they can't be like so like a motherwell or a. Even like before Kilmarnock did or Aberdeen, it just can't happen when you're constantly playing with the with the smallest budget. Um, and now I just, I mean, during that, I mean, the, the the best chance was when Gogic struggled and and Anderson took a took a bad touch. That was only shot and like you're looking at the St. Mirren quite vulnerable. They were pretty poor against Hibs and uh, in, in the two two draw, and then they got absolutely turned over by Dundee. So this yep. is like, it was the ideal fixture for them to to come back to. And and that's just by the sounds of things, they had a bit of control sitting in, but they still didn't play particularly well. And obviously the Boyd Munts bringing the real, the, the one bit of huge quality yeah, in the game really with, the, with the reverse pass. In, increasingly impressed by him. Mm. He looks like a really, a, a really nice find uh, by St. Mirren. Obviously he scored an absolute screamer against Motherwell in the Cup, which eliminated does from the League Cup. Um, but just every time I see him, he offers a little bit more, and like you say, the the bit of quality to to play the ball through for this, um, for uh, Tanzer, um, for it as well. It's just a really nice, just awareness of exactly where everything is in the pitch, exactly where he is on the pitch, and just that wee clip into the space where, if I put it there, there's only one winner from it. And then there's quite it's nice the with Kilty coming off to the left hand side as well. It's starting to be quite a nice little sort of trio between him, Tanzer, and Kilty because Kilty. Kilty's always been a player that, that's annoyed me because I always like always wanted a bit you more. Feel like you feel it, kind of held him back for a dose of time as well. But and he, and he still and he works hard, so I'm like, it's not that side of it, which is what you think. It was just one of those in between players where you didn't know he he was, you know, when they're just an attacker, 
in the, of some description and then, then they start putting the set in midfield because they don't have enough output, you know, and then it's like people just try to find them because they like them because they do have a bit of talent. But in that one, I think that kind of suits them a bit because they, they put quality players around them and obviously Tanzer's the sort of the go-to guy uh, with with the way that they're, they're playing and then they've got McMenamin on the other side. Uh, but with Taylor, Gogic and Fraser, I quite like it because they are... Taylor's got the pace to allow Tanzer uh, to, to to play quite high up, which obviously brings the best out of Tanzer for his crossing. And Taylor does all right with that. I know he had an absolute stinking game against Dundee, but yeah. But apart from that, <laughs> and there's the, the, still a, a sort of nearly decent balance out of that. Simmer inside. Um, there's not much more to add. I mean, there was the passing stats. I was looking it up. I think neither of them. The uh, number of like the possession reaching the, the both of them possession reaching the opponent's half was under half, both under fifty percent. An average possession duration was eleven seconds for St. Mirren and nine seconds for not Livingston. Good. It's just that's 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 not good. It can't be good. Which takes us to our final game, Tony, um, of Ross County nil, Kilmarnock nil. As uh, Derek Adams is back, so that's uh, that's something that'll be good fun. Um, I, I I suspect he'll upset somebody um, in the in the near future. My one of my favourite things in, in, in trying to figure out things to talk about from this game was uh, having a look through who scored, which is really useful. Um, and in, in terms of it gives you wee match reports uh, using the data from the game, so it tells me Ross County were effective at creating goal scoring opportunities through individual skill. And Kilmarnock were effective at creating goal-scoring opportunities from long-shot situations. So, County got in the box and did fuck all. Kilmarnock didn't get in the box and did fuck all. And both sides were poor at finishes, and both sides were caught, were caught offside often. And they were just... And that's Kilmarnock, like, that's the second time they're against Hibs. They, when, when Vassell, I know Vassell came on later on in this game, and I know they have won games, because Craig Anderson pointed out to me when I said I thought Kelly looked really blunt without Vassell, and they did earlier in the season that he said they got some wins, but maybe it's away from home is the issue when you take Vassell out. Because they just, they don't, they, they play, their games Hibs, they play quite nice football. I was quite impressed with that, considering the the tropes about Derek McInnes and obviously this Kilmarnock team, and they, and they are direct, and they do, they do play Vassell a lot. And when him taken out of it, they move the ball quite nicely but they look they just don't create anything and can't really be in late 2023 with like Watkins as your lone striker man it's like mm, not for me mum and he's and he's quite and I like Watkins I've always liked him I think yeah. he works hard I think he's a handy squad player but when you get to the stage where that's your your main goal threat you're just you're just not going to be scoring goals man what I will say about uh, Derek Adams is that he immediately gets a plus point from me as he's stopped playing Jan Danda as like a wing back. Yeah, thank God. Whatever the, yeah. whatever the fuck Malky Mackay was doing with him. It felt like he was like he was living in some sort of Malky Mackay entrapped purgatory. <laughs> but you were quite good for a little bit. So because you were positive and you had a nice time um, playing football that kept us up, um, what we're going to do is uh, we're going to stick you at wing back. Um, then he had them on the bench. Perfect. Yeah. For a very game that he refuses Still. to play him. He refused to play him and Turner play in the same Turner. team. Like Turner's some sort of like over the top attacking player. Like Turner's no. good and, and, he, and, he, and he's and he's agile and he and he can and he can ball carry and he can get in and around the box. But he's hardly like no. you're carrying no, a luxury. No thanks. Like, 
<laughs> no thanks Tony that's not for us we're going to play Connor Randall every yeah, single week still because nah, it worked man. once nah, shut up stop it <laughs> Nah, man. Sorry. I, I again, great, great apologies to to both county fans and Kilmarnock fans. And um, we've we've rambled on more than long enough, and we spent a lot of time on a lot of the other games. Unless you, what is you, you, one other thing. No, I just, just interesting that they made that with Adams is that obviously he started with the back three, which is what they use most of the time. But he at half time he pretty much went to a back four, and, and right away, which tells me that that's obviously what he. What he wants, wants to do, to, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, but I thought like County looked like they started really strongly at, at the, in the game, and they did create a lot of chances. They looked bang up for it. And if I'm being honest, I think Kilmarnock were probably fairly fortunate to to not lose. Going by the the highlights and Kelly, they need to get Vassell back. They need to make sure that they get those wide players going with him again. That it's not, it's not. They're not reinventing the wheel. It doesn't have to be obvious stuff, but. Um, I think the idea is that Kilmarnock were going to finish in the top six were um, just yeah. a good day against Celtic. I think I, I, I think, I, I think I said before, but I think they're just they're just shot one player. Mm. They're, they're shot a central midfielder who's just a little bit better because they're still trying to use Donnelly or Polworth or McKenzie um, or various others in there to try and introduce... Donnelly's never, shot. never a top flight player, never. Nonetheless, thank you, dear listener, for your time. We have got a little bit over today, but hopefully that's been good fun. Uh, thank you very much for joining us, Tony. Oh, my pleasure. I see Oz as if it was anymore. It's just fucking me, wasn't it? Thank <laughs> you very much for joining me. Tony and I are off to record a Patreon about our favourite bits about the Scottish Cup. Um, so any Dundee United fans that are listening to Top Flight, just to remember what that feels like, you can tune in there because you're going to hear about fucking that. <laughs> thank you very much for listening. We will be back on Thursday with more Law League nonsense and TV shows and all the other comments <laughs> as well. Say thank you, Tony. Cheers. Thank you. Bye-bye. Podcast Network.